You are listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, a podcast for survivors of suicide loss. In this weekly podcast, you will learn more about your unique experiences and gain insights on your brain and how it processes grief and loss due to a loved one's suicide. While suicide grief comes in all shapes and sizes, Amy shows you that you still can have a life full of joy and fulfillment even though your loved one died. You don't have to just survive anymore. You can thrive. You are listening to the Survive to Thrive podcast with Amy Miller, episode 24, Commemorating Death Adversaries. Hey guys, how are you? How was your weekend? It was Easter yesterday. Did you have a beautiful Easter? I hope you did. The weather was gorgeous here. Spent time with my kids, my husband, my brother and sister-in-law and their family. It was nice. It was lovely. Weather was perfect. I know for much of the country, you were still buried in snow. I saw pictures of people building snow bunnies in their front yard instead of snowmen. And I thought it was quite clever. Hilarious actually, because it's just funny to me to see snow on Easter. just doesn't feel right, but you made a great day out of it by building an Easter bunny. So anyways, what can I say? Interesting, fun memory for you and your family. Anyways, I've been thinking about commemorating a death anniversary because I think over Easter we're commemorating the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it got me thinking about how I commemorate my own loved one's death, my sister, and how we like to do that on a yearly basis to commemorate her loss. And what I do want to say is that I've done it in different ways over the years, from year to year, just depending on the year. And I want to say that for you, you should feel the freedom to do it however you please. I think many survivors feel like there is a set of expectations on them that they need to commemorate their loved one in a certain way. And I just want you to let go of whatever expectations you have on yourself because I feel like they're not useful I feel like you being able to honor your loved one in a way that feels good to you is the best way and the most healing way and the most impactful way for yourself and for your loved ones. So I feel like getting rid of and letting go of any of those expectations, whether they are from your own self or from somebody else is very important to do. So I want to offer you that permission to do that right away. I know for our first year after I lost my sister, we commemorated her with a balloon release, which at the time was a great idea, felt like. We wrote notes to her and we did it together as a family and we released the balloons all at the same time and it just felt like a beautiful moment. Now, I don't know if I necessarily recommend that simply because of environmental reasons. I've seen other methods, people do something similar like with butterflies, I've seen lanterns done over farms that where the lanterns can be cleaned up. So it's a little bit more environmentally friendly 
but whichever way you do it, there is something very powerful about releasing something into the sky when you're commemorating a loved one's passing. And it just feels like you're connected more with your loved ones and the loved one that you lost. So for us, it was a, such a beautiful thing. Um, but each year is probably going to be different for each of you. And depending on your relationship you had with your loved one, you may choose to do it in a different way than what someone else might choose. And that is totally, totally cool. Totally okay. And totally appropriate actually. So feel free to do it in whichever way you would like to do it. But before we go into, you know, ways that we can commemorate our death anniversaries, I first want to talk about language and how language matters. Okay. Now, death anniversary is a word that came about. And honestly, I'm not even sure if death anniversary is necessarily a word. I think it's more of a made up word because typically you would probably phrase the annual remembrance of your loved one is more of an anniversary, but because many of us put meaning frames behind the meaning of anniversary is more of a, a celebratory meaning frame, you know, like many of us like to celebrate our wedding anniversaries, or maybe it's an anniversary of sobriety or an anniversary of being cancer free, right? There's more of like a celebration attached to it. And I feel like most of us don't necessarily want to celebrate the loss of our loved one. So I think the word death anniversary came about for that reason. And I know that there's other languages in the word that actually do have a word that means what we are describing as death anniversary. But in the English language, I just don't think there is a word that describes it. So we kind of made up this term called death anniversary. Who knows? Maybe that term will end up in the dictionary at one point or another. But regardless, you get what we mean when we say it. And I think the majority of people do get what we mean when we say that as well. It just feels better to say the word death anniversary as opposed to anniversary. So I want to get that out of the way. The other language thing I want to kind of bring up is the words we use when we talk about suicide. Okay. Now in the past, it was discussed that when someone passed away due to suicide, they would use the word committed, right? They would say committed suicide. And I think the word committed really created a stigma because when you think of the word committed, you think of things like committing a crime, right? Or committing a sin. And I feel like that when you use that word, while it used to be that suicide was considered either sinful or criminal, I think most of us would agree that that was something in the past and that's not really widely accepted anymore. And so the verbiage has changed, right? So most of us will say things like completed suicide, right? Now, for me personally, I don't like the word completed because the word completed to me attaches the actions involved. And I personally don't care to think about the actions 
of my loved one's loss. I prefer to look at it as died by suicide. Okay. That's the phrase that I typically like to use because it feels more neutral. It doesn't feel like completed to me feels like I completed a marathon or I completed a diet, right? And when you're talking about death, I just don't feel like that word necessarily fits well with other deaths. Like I completed cancer or I completed a car accident or I completed a drug overdose or something like that, or I completed old age, right? It just doesn't feel correct, right? But if you're saying something like died by, like I died by cancer, I died by a car accident, I died by old age, right? To me, that feels a little bit more neutral and more acceptable. So that's, for the sake of this conversation, that's how I'm going to use my language is died by suicide. That's how I've always said it. Now, if you are one that uses the phrase completed suicide, nothing is wrong with that. Okay. You have probably chosen different meaning frames than I did, and that's more acceptable to you. Totally. Okay. Totally fine. But I just felt like I should say why I like to use the phrase that I personally do. So when I do talk about the loss of my loved one, I usually say died by. So I want to talk about the death anniversary of my sister's death by suicide and the different ways that are out there that people like to use. Okay. Some people like to gather in small groups. They like to commemorate their loss in ways that really help um, foster connection in a more intimate environment, right? So maybe this is just your immediate family and spouses, okay? Maybe this is just you and your own personal family. Maybe this is just you and your parents, or maybe depending on who it is that you lost, if it was your spouse, maybe it's just you and your children, okay? This can be a real beautiful connecting experience when you gather in a small group. Now, some survivors like to gather in large groups, which is also can be very, very relational relationship strengthening. I've seen it where large families have gathered, where they have parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, right? They even have friends involved. They have siblings, they have nieces, nephews, you know, anybody that knew the person gather together to commemorate the death anniversary in some way or another. And that's also a very, very beautiful thing to be a part of. And many survivors like to do it in this way. Some survivors don't like to be with anyone. Some people like to just commemorate the loss of their loved one just by themselves. And this also can be a very beautiful thing because you can commemorate in a more internalized way where you're really strengthening that relationship and the process of your grief within yourself. And that can also be a very gorgeous, beautiful thing. And so no matter which way you do it, whether it's small, large, or just with yourself, you know, I think it's just a real beautiful thing. Some people like to really commemorate their loved one on social media. And I think 
that that is also very healing. I know people like to post memories or tag their loved one that they lost on either their Facebook or their Instagram, right? They will write a very inspirational post or they will include pictures that attach pleasant and good memories of their loved one. And it can be such a beautiful thing to commemorate the loved one on social media. The great thing about commemorating them on social media is it brings awareness to suicide. It also brings a face and a story behind the loss. And it also gives something to those who were more, you know, like associates of the person that died. Maybe it was a coworker or someone that didn't know the person very well, but knew of the person you know, and maybe they were just acquaintances or something like that, maybe a neighbor or something. And it's kind of nice for them to, to get to know that person in a way, even though, you know, they were denied the opportunity simply because your loved one had passed. So I think that's a great way to help include those who maybe kind of knew them or barely knew that person, but really cared for that person in their own unique way, right? In maybe even just a small way. So I think commemorating people on social media is a beautiful thing. Now, I know we already touched on this earlier, but some people like to commemorate with like a butterfly release or a balloon release or lantern releases. I know that there are places that offer that. I love the idea of the lantern release because you can attach the letter and it's a little more environmentally friendly since the lanterns are kind of, you know, isolated in a specific spot where they could be easily cleaned up. So it's a little bit better in my opinion than the balloons, but it's just a great way to connect with your loved one in that way. So I know that that's a great way that many people have used in the past that's very healing and powerful for those who have lost their loved ones due to suicide, okay? Some people like to involve themselves in a cause. Now, I'm one of those people. I really like that. I like being able to give back to my community and to raise awareness. So many people like to get themselves involved with like, their local suicide prevention chapters, right? They like to involve themselves with either volunteering or raising money, you know, as a fundraiser to help the cause. And I think that's a great way to commemorate and to make something beautiful of such a tragic loss. So I do highly recommend doing something like that. I've also seen people like work with veterans because I know that the suicide rate is high with veterans and many of survivors out there have lost loved ones who were veterans and struggled with PTSD and things that they had seen in the war and died for from suicide because of of that circumstance. So that's a beautiful thing. I know that people will work with the homeless and with other organizations that are dealing with like alcohol abuse and drug addictions, like opioid addictions, things like that. So involving yourself in a cause is always 
rewarding and very beneficial to do. And so I highly recommend it because it's extremely healing, extremely. And so that is a great way to commemorate your loved one's loss. Some people like to commemorate their loved ones in support groups, right? I'm a part of a number of support groups, and I'm also a part of many social media support groups where people talk about their loved one. I see a lot of posting on these groups when they're, um, you know, commemorating the death anniversary of their loved one. So you'll see it in those support groups. And it's a great way to commemorate someone who with other people who have experienced the same type of loss. So whether that is within your local support group that you're a part of, or if it's on a social media suicide bereavement group, it can be very, very healing to be able to commemorate that loss with people who've also experienced it as well. Another way that people like to commemorate their loved one's loss is by visiting their grave or the location where they were found after they had passed. I know it's different for everyone and it depends on the situation and the circumstance, but it can be really great to be able to go to the grave and visit them at their gravesite. I've also seen it where people like to scatter ashes on their death anniversaries. Some people spread it apart where they do it, you know, a little here on the first one, the second one, you know, and continue to spread some ashes to help commemorate. Um, I think that's also a very beautiful thing. It just depends on your situation and whether your loved one was buried or if they were cremated. And other people really just like to go to the place where they had passed. I know my sister passed in the mountains, so it's a really beautiful place in the mountains. I personally have not been there um, to commemorate my sister's passing, but I think for some people it's very healing and it brings a lot of closeness to their loved one. So I think that that's a beautiful thing. Okay, so those are a lot. I think we covered quite a few of the ways that people like to commemorate their loved one's death by suicide, but there's probably dozens more than I am missing. And I would say that it is completely up to you on how you want to do it. And I don't want you to put too much expectation on yourself because it will probably vary year to year. Some years you're going to feel like you want to do something bigger where you want to, you know, really involve yourself in some sort of cause, right? Or you want to gather in a large gathering with her, your lost, your loved ones, loved ones. Okay. And that's amazing. And that's great. But then there's going to be other years where you're not going to want to do any of those things. Maybe you just want to spend it alone. Maybe you just want to write a letter. Maybe you just want to cry for the day. Okay. And I want to give you permission to just go ahead and do that. If you want to just cry for the day, go ahead. I also want to say there are going to be some years where you may not do anything. You might not even cry. You just might realize that the day has come, but you don't really feel much on that particular day. And that's totally okay too. I want you to have the permission to have death anniversary days just like that as well. Nothing has gone wrong. Okay. All right. So 
I think I covered quite a bit there. Now, in closing, before I finish this episode, I really want to talk a little bit about things I want to caution you against. Okay. Now, when you're commemorating a loved one's loss, I want to caution you from focusing too much on the suicide. Okay. Sometimes we can drive ourselves crazy by like replaying the scenarios and replaying the whole situation in our head. And those types of memories that we are trying to rethink and refigure out and spending a lot of time there, it's not very useful. Okay. And I want you to focus more on the memories of your loved one that matter. Because if you spend too much time, and trust me, I've done it myself, when you're thinking about the logistics and thinking about, you know, how they did it and all of those things, it can put you in a pretty low place and in a dark place. And so I highly recommend not spending too much time there. Know that it is kind of natural to want to go there sometimes, but I just want to caution you against spending too much time there. And I would encourage you to spend more time on the memories that really matter. Okay. All right. So that's it, my friends. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. And I can't wait to meet with you all again next week. And until then, have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Survived to Thrive podcast. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends and write a review on iTunes. Also, check out survived-to-thrive.com for more information and to subscribe to get the podcast's latest episode, along with useful tips you can begin to use immediately to feel better, directly sent to your inbox.